the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Are you looking for truth from God's Word that you can understand and apply to your life? You'll find it today on Make It Clear with Dr. Stan Pons. Listen now as Stan makes it clear. David wrote a lot of stuff, I believe. I believe he wrote a lot of songs. I believe that. I don't believe everything that David wrote is found in Scripture. I don't believe every song or psalm that he wrote is found in Scripture. But I do believe what we see in our Scripture today about what he wrote is what he wanted to write. Watch this. And God wanted him to do that. So through inspiration, he's writing this for us. So now as I'm reading this, it then motivates me now to do this because it's not so much David telling me to do this. It's not just so much me seeing what David did. It's like God says, I want you to see what David did and let my spirit now bring you in line with that. How are you worshiping God? You see where we're at on that? So now you take it to the Lord. Well, worshiping is good. So now I come to the Lord and I'm singing all about how great he is. But now we have to look at number three. Now we need to actually stop our singing for a moment and actually talk to God. It's good to let songs that uh, really ministry to you and you sing someone else's words and back to the Lord. But while you're singing other songs or other written songs, maybe take a moment now and have a conversation with the Lord. Look at this particular unique praying here. This isn't the only thing there is about prayer. It's just one little, it's almost like a snapshot in a long movie of prayer. He says, Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Keeps going back to that same theme. Let's go back to when I cry with my voice. Let's start out with the word, my voice. You can sing unto the Lord in your heart. Ephesians says that. Paul told us about that. But there is that voice of singing. Many years ago, I, for our guests, our people here know this, but you may not. I um, was asked on Friday, Saturday to go speak around the country to large groups of men in a group called Promise Keepers. And when I did, they really wanted men to sing. And if you've ever been around these stadiums filled with 55,000 men singing, frankly, ladies, it does sound different, differently. Secondly, it often caused me to wonder, why will these men sing so loudly with 55,000 others and men in churches, unless they're in a choir or praise team, and they never really sing loud? I think that perplexed the worship team of Promise Keepers, because they decided to have T-shirts printed with real men sing loud to really get them to sing. So now I'm in the senior leadership training with um, the guys, and I had uh, a room with one of the worship leaders for PK, and I said, what's the secret of getting these guys to sing loud? You really want to hear this? It sounds so unspiritual, but it really works. He said, what we did is we took the hymns, and we took the praise songs, and instead of singing them what they're found in the hymn books and the praise books, we just lowered it an octave or something. 
because men sing songs that are a little deeper like this. It's hard for them to sing about songs like that. And I don't know what it was, but they sang deeply. Now, why am I telling you that story? The word cry here. Sometimes we don't in our own heart actually speak out loud to the Lord. Have you ever tried to do that? We have a dog. It's a rescue dog. The dog was caged for three years. It's got emotional problems. It has what you call that phrase you like to use, Carol, has um, separation anxiety. So you move away from the dog. I don't know who has more separation anxiety, Carol or the dog, but that being um, from the dog. But anyway, back to this. He's in the kitchen because he wants to be around us all the time, probably because I, I'm not very good in the kitchen. I drop food for him. <coughs> but that's I, I, I wrecked the dog because now he's always there. He's a, a, a kind of a toy poodle thing. And I'll step on his paws. Not purposely, gals. I mean, I just, I'm, I'm big feet. You can't see well. Dog's right there. And I step on it. And when that dog, I step on the ta- dog's paw, he'll, yeah! like that. Now, do I say, what's a, what's a matter with you? I, no, I'm almost, so, so, oh, you okay? Oh, and Carol runs over and kisses the dog. I say, he, he bit me too. That's all right. But it's all about the dog. I'm saying that for this reason. When the dog hurts, he cries. Carol knows that cry. Now, maybe you've never had a dog, but if you've had children and you accidentally or someone else accidentally slammed the car door on your kid's fingers, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You know that cry and you're there instantly when that cry occurs than when that kid is, I want more than, I want more than, why can't I get it? And that's a cry too, don't you? And so you respond differently. So I want you to know that at this particular point, David said, Oh Lord, hear me when I cry. So real men cry. Real men cry out loud. Real men cry out loud. So if you are feeling some real bad stuff at work going on, ah, maybe you're not going to jump on your desk or in the back of your pickup truck and cry out to God, but find a place. Say, Oh God, hear me. That's intimate. That's saying, I'm not going to try to fake it till I make it. I'm not going to try to manipulate my way out of this situation. I'm not going to try to intimidate the other guy bigger than he's intimidating me. I'm crying to the big gun. I'm crying to the big gun. Notice the next phrase. He says, your face, Lord, I will seek. It's kind of like a promise. Your face, I will seek. We're going to talk a little bit more about face next week. But I, I like this because it's like FaceTime with God. Um, we have a, I have a cell phone. And that cell phone has helped me more in my relationship with Carol as an object than a lot of other things. Have you ever gone to Costco with your mate and they get separated and you can't find your mate, but your mate forgot their phone? You, you feel like you are lost like a kid in Disney World. You can't find them. So you have a phone. Now we haven't gotten into the FaceTime thing. But there is that FaceTime that some of you really like. And I'm wondering, having that FaceTime with your mate gives you the ability to hear them, but also observe their nonverbal communication. And there's greater intimacy at times when you can actually get more of that exposure. Now, I'm going somewhere with this. When you see your face, Lord, I will seek. You and I aren't going to see the actual face of Jesus until we're in heaven. 
So forget looking at them in tortillas and chips and all that kind of stuff. You're not going to find them. But what you will find, watch this, this is very important. We will see the face of God, perhaps in our heart, but more drawn because of the Scripture that we have, because we're going to see the accuracy of the face of the real Jesus of the Bible, but we'll see it in our mind's eye. We will actually see the face of God when we stand before Him. If you know Christ as Savior, you're going to stand before Him. There'll be a very special time, a special time of rewards for you, but always the promise and the permanency word of forever being with Him in heaven. If you don't know the Lord, you'll have some face time too. But it's going to be to determine perhaps the level of punishment you're going to get when you spend eternity ever and ever because you didn't trust Him. Now let me go back to those that are face time with the Lord because I do want you to see the importance of face time. We hear the phrase, you have the living Christ and the written Christ long series on the written Christ, which would be the Word of God. But now we have the living Christ. If you really want to see the face of the Lord, and I'm saying it that way because there are many lords out there that we create by assumption through information we get from all sorts of pontiff people out there pontificating about God. But if you really want to see the true face of God in your mind's eye, it's only going to be able to be through the grid of Scripture then you will know the real face of God. So if you want to see God's face, it's going to have to come through his word. And he says, I will seek your face. So for us, we would say, Lord, we want to really see you. We want to see you clearly. And we know there is no more accurate and fuller way to do that than through the accurate interpretation of your word. That's the face of God. And he says, and that I will see. Which now brings us to number four. <laughs> He says here, learning from God. Because after he says, your face I will seek, he then spits forward a few uh, verses later in Psalms, and he says, teach me your way, O Lord, learning from God. So he says, I'll pray to God. It's a cry. I'm looking to you. My cry is to you. But now I want to learn from you. Teach me your word. And he says, I want to know your word. So now some of you that are perhaps new to all of this, you're wondering, all right, that's his cry for the Lord to teach him. Does that mean that he had an hour with God every day where God then would sit down and teach him? Was there special classes that he went to, et cetera? I, I do believe he was mentored through a lot of stuff coming up through his childhood, through his dad. My opinion on that, but I think that's pretty accurate. But in reality, how, how does God teach us? Well, we already said the content of his teaching is going to come from the Word of God. The accurate interpretation and understanding of the Word of God is going to come from two primary sources, all right? One source is going to be the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit is our teacher. When you trust Christ as Savior, you have the greatest teacher of ever inside of you, in Christ, in you, the hope of glory, and the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is, is, is a responsibility, one of them, is to teach us. So we have a teacher, God himself, in us who knows Christ as Savior. So if I want to learn his word, I can lean on the spirit of God that's inside of me. Now, even that, as good as that is, and I'm not going to try to minimize that, but it also begs the question, well, how do I know it's the spirit that's teaching me this and not a bunch of other gobbledygook that's teaching me this? Now you have the second. God then says that if you want to learn his word, I will teach it to you. My spirit will be there. The revealed word of God is already available to you. 
at least to us in our language, maybe not in every other language in the world, but to us. But the second one is going to be gifted men and women who have been gifted with the gift of teaching, the ability to teach. And generally those who have that gift have an ability to understand God's Word through proper Bible study methods, through proper study, etc. They have a, perhaps a pension or even a gift of knowledge. That doesn't mean they get new knowledge. That just means they have the ability to understand and dig out the knowledge of the truth. But they also have the ability, if their teacher, is to communicate that. So the teacher doesn't teach until the student has learned. My feeling is the teacher hasn't taught until the student has applied. But that is, that's another step. But for right now, you have two teachers, the spirit and the gifted spirit, gifted men and women that are in your life to learn God's word. Now let's go back to the beginning of this whole message. Intimacy. If I want to be intimate with God, then I need to know that I'm intimate with the only God, the true God. And to do that, I have to know who he is. The way I know who he is, I must seek him. If I'm going to seek him, I need to worship him. If I want to worship him, I need to communicate with him. Praying is a lot more than asking and receiving. It's building a relationship, communicating with him. Now, once I'm communicating with him, I want to learn his word. So now in an ultra-practical way, listen to this, and I'll move on. We're almost done. If he's going to teach me his word, I ought to begin by learning his word privately and alone. So the first thing you want to do is come to the word of God, confess all the sin that you have, Seek his truth. The Spirit is there as a teacher right wherever you are, at lunch in the back seat of your car, at lunch in a private corner of Starbucks. Sometime in your life when you get up, he's there. He wants to teach you. Get yourself a good Bible and a good study Bible. If you don't have one, use your Christmas money that you got as gifts and go get yourself a good Bible. Rely on the fact that the Spirit will teach you. Number two, With all of that, rely on the fact that God has some good resource material to help you. So it ought to be a good biblical study Bible. I encourage you, if you're not already signed up, with some software from Accordance. That way you can take it with you in your phone or tablet, laptop. And wherever you go, you can pause and learn the accuracy of God's Word from men and women who took the time to learn the original languages, study the material archaeologically, historically, culturally, and all the rest, to know that book. Bring those people around you. And I'm not stopping there. I want you to learn God so much. I would encourage you to get involved in a small group, a group of people that are committed to the accurate interpretation and application of God's Word in the culture in which they live, wherever that might be, women with women, men with men, couples with couples, Singles with singles, however that might work out. We offer a great study here on the book of Galatians in the morning. There are multiple studies throughout the week with men and others. Sunday morning with the ladies, they're carving out a time to restudy or broaden what I only have two weeks on. They're going to have weeks on for you ladies and experiencing the presence of God from a wonderful study and wonderful leader. Thirdly, take a class on Bible study methods so while you're studying, you can learn the techniques of how to do it yourself how to study. Come here for Sunday morning corporate worship because we're going to be teaching the Word. All right, so the whole point of the matter is to be intimate with the Lord, you have to know the Lord. To know the Lord, you have to know His book. To know His book, you have to rely on those who are going to teach you and the Holy Spirit now to give you that discernment. Let me end with number five. Learning the Word was number four. Teach me your way, O Lord. Number five is following God. O Lord, lead me in a smooth and straight path. Lead me in a smooth and straight path. 
If we want to be intimate with the Lord, it's like being intimate with another human being. And I'm not talking about sex again. I am talking about that closeness of into me see. How can you have a healthy, growing relationship with another human being if together you have a communication on what needs to be done and one of those parties decides to agree on it and then when they separate from the person, they go out and do their own thing? How many marriages set at the altar till death do we part and it doesn't take long for it to fall apart? Are you familiar with this term, starter marriages? That's a new term coming out because that's becoming real. The younger people, the millennials, that either if they're, they're living together for a while, then if they do want to get married, they're kind of thinking in terms of, well, let's just do a starter marriage. We're going to go into this thing. We seem to be all right. We drank the milk. We're going to go ahead and get the cow, so to speak. So we get into this thing here. But we also know that it's okay if we leave. There's a lot of them, there's a commitment level challenge. And I'm not slamming the millennials. I'm letting you know that that's a dangerous course for you. And it's born out of my great love for you. I care for you. And I don't want you to weep in pain. So now they get into this thing, but they know it's a start. If it doesn't work out, it is okay. We'll move on to the next one. If you don't think that's bad, there are men today that enter into a relationship with a woman, and they call it a starter. Ready for this? Starter wife. All right, I'm going to try this wife, but it's okay. I'll work with this one. If it doesn't work out, I'll go to the next one. It's okay. They'll move from wife to wife to wife. And and I'm really saying they make their vows, but they don't live up to those vows. And right now, for those of you that are sitting and listening to my voice, you might be really crumbling in so much pain because you're living the results of someone who saw the relationship as a starter husband, starter wife, starter marriage, and maybe even worse, a starter family. And so we treat these things as a starter house. You know, this is our beginning home. We'll try it for a while, we'll grow out of it, get something else. And we can't. And so if we really want to follow the Lord, we're going to say, Lord, we love you with all of our heart. We now know your book. We ask you to teach us the word with the intention of not merely knowing it, but with the intention of following you, watch this now, by following your word, and following your word is to follow you. And so we make that commitment. Now, when we do that, this is a recipe for intimacy with God. We come to Him. We seek Him. Lord, we want to find you. Oh, we found you. We worship you. Oh, Lord, we love you so much. We want to communicate with you. And it's your face we seek. And to do that, we're going to get it in the book. We're going to have spiritual face book time. Spiritual face time with and when we have all of that, then, Lord, we want to know more about you. So continue to teach us with the intention of learning. I want to leave you the last two uh, verses of our passage. So look at those because the question really now is, what's the result if I choose to step out and do that? Okay, I'll pay the price. I'll, I'll do what the Word says. I will follow the model of David as best as I can. But what's at the end of all of this? Look at what David says in Psalm 27, 13, and 14. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord. Now look at the next phrase, in the land of the living. And what I would like to give you hope with is that not only do you see hope in heaven in the land of eternity, but I want you to see in the land of the living right now. Don't lose hope. When you follow what we've learned today about David's life on intimacy with God, you will be able to experience his presence 
no matter what goes on to say, wait on the Lord. <laughs> kind of funny here. It says, wait on the Lord and be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait. Wait. Lord. Well, there's two kinds of waits I think you would understand. One wait is, I'm going to wait on the Lord like a waiter waits on a table. I think... Other scripture might indicate that that would be something healthy to do, that we wait on the Lord by waiting on others, serving others. The elders of this church, the uh, so to speak, the spiritual leadership of the church, the one that scripture says we should follow their example and obey them, All right, they are going to switch their hats and they're going to put on the hat and the cowl of a servant. And they, with another group of men, deacons, who are ministers of mercy, they now are going to come and they're going to serve you. That's like waiting on the Lord. I'm going to serve the Lord. But I think there's also a greater indication, which is I'm going to wait on God. In other words, I'm going to trust him whether I see him doing good in the land of the living yet, but I know that he will. I'm going to see every single day as having warfare in it because Satan's alive and well. I'm going to see work involved in this because it is work. You've got to get up in the morning. You've got to get in that cold car. You've got to do your job. You've got to come to church. You've got to move the chairs. You've got to do that. That's work. We get all of that. But there's an awful lot of honeymoon. Because he's with you wherever you go. He loves you. And that's waiting on God. Lord, I just trust you. I just wait on you. Good comes from you. Where does that begin? When you trust Christ. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Have a moment with the Lord. Like what we've learned today. We're going to seek the Lord. Seek Him, folks. He is altogether lovely. He's large and in charge and near and dear. He will never fail on His promise to you. Seek Him with all your heart. For some of you, it's just the first step to choose to seek Him. Don't be afraid of Him. Don't look at the Bible as a rule book to take away your fun. See, the Bible is a book to enhance your life and to give it something that you've always wanted and dreamt you could have. And it's not bigger cars and bigger houses and better people in your life. It's just knowing the presence of God that no matter what, go seek Him. Then worship Him. Tell Him thank you for what He's done for you. Sing praises unto Him. Get in your car and in the morning. Sing along with a praise song. Or perhaps even shut off all that stuff and write your own in your mind. Sing it. Worship. Start your day off that way. End your day that way. Pray. Don't just ask stuff from Him. Pray. Maybe the first thing you'll do is say, Lord, you're sovereign. You're holy. Then say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I've done wrong. Thank you for your forgiveness. Lord, I'm going to pray for others. I'm going to pray for a need in my life. And, and I want to end by saying thank you. Thank you for saving my soul. Thank you, God, for all my blessings. And then go to the Lord and say, Lord, I want to learn more. I'm going to pay the price because 
even this little bit that I'm seeking you and I'm, I'm discovering you, it's like I, I just walked in the front gate of Disney World. But I, I'm told there's a whole lot more behind that gate. And I want to go through that gate now and I want to discover that. So I am going to open up my Bible and I'm going to let your spirit speak to me. And I am going to get into groups and I'm going to let others teach me. I'm going to ask the questions. I want to know your word accurately. I'm going to take a course on studying this thing perhaps. I'm going to be here on Sunday mornings. I'm going to let guys and gals hold me accountable if I have to miss a week. But I want to learn your word. That's my highest priority. How I get there, Lord, do whatever it takes. Say to him, you really do love him and that you will follow him all the days of your life. Just like David. Yeah, we'll get off the path. Sometimes horribly off the path. But God in his mercy gets us back on it again. For some of us, let it be done. For others of you who are guests, I pray right now that you're first seeking that you would look to Jesus Christ as the one who could save you of all your sins. You go to him, him alone. You let him know that there's no way you can get into heaven by any of your good deeds. And no matter how many bad deeds you have, it doesn't matter because he says it's not based on your works one way or the other. It's based on whether you'll take your childlike faith and place it in the only Savior, Jesus Christ, who died and rose again. And when you trust him because he said he'd forgive you of your sin, you now believe that and you rest assured that you're his forever child, never to lose that, never for to be taken away. You're listening to Make It Clear with the teaching of Dr. Stan Pons, founder of Make It Clear Ministries. Make It Clear is dedicated to taking the word of God with clarity into every person's world. It is the support of listeners like you who make the ministry of Make It Clear possible. You can provide your tax-deductible gift to Make It Clear online by going to makeitclear.org. Or you can mail your gift to Make It Clear, P.O. Box 607-901, Orlando, Florida, 32860. Thank you for helping us make it clear. If you would like to have Dr. Pond speak at your church or event, please send us an email at tellmemore at makeitclear.org. Thank you, and remember to make it clear. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.